1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Joining us right now is our good friend, Brant Hansen. He's got a brand new book out. It's called Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance. And Brant is a best-selling author. He's a syndicated radio host, advocate for healing children with correctable disabilities through Cure International Children's Hospitals. He's also been named Personality of the Year multiple times by Christian music broadcasters, but his only flaw, he likes Toby Best. Hey, Brant, good to have you with us this morning. I like everybody the same. Yeah. Come on. Like our parents. Yeah. All That's right. not true. That's yeah. <laughs> so, Brent, good morning to you. And you say that you had one idea for this book, and it's joy, a deep sense of well-being regardless of circumstances, and that it's not only possible, but it's promised to all who follow Jesus. But how can people yeah. possibly be joyful in a world this messed up? I'll tell you what, it's because you know more than the rest of the world. And I, I, like people will think that you're naive. You must not know what's going on. What about the real story? Did you see what happened to this and that and these people and those people? Like, all that's true. Like, there's, there, the world is nuts. We know that. But we know more. And we, we know the goodness of God. If you actually trust him, he told us you're going to have troubles in this world. But be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. He's not kidding. And when Jesus is saying, you don't have to be anxious, be like the birds of the air, or the lilies of the field, when he's talking about that stuff, it's funny because I'll, I'll talk to Christians about it. And they're like, yeah, but realistically, we need to be like, no, no, no. Jesus is realistic. He's completely realistic. His, his joy that he gives us isn't like a happy, slappy, oh, I'm happy no matter what happens. I'm just happy, happy, happy. No, no, it's it's a pervasive sense of well-being regardless of circumstances, which means you can even be grieving and still have this sense of well-being that other people don't have. And that's our, the, the, our culture is totally missing it. No one's at peace in this culture, mm. but Christians should be, people who follow Jesus should be. And the example I use, and not to make this too long of an answer, but there's a story in Acts. I kind of always kind of just blew over this every time. But towards the end of Acts, Paul is on a boat, and it's about to go down. It's got like 256 people or something. It has a specific number on board, and they're all going to die, and they're freaking out. And even the captain knows they're going to die, like the salty seafaring guys. They, they know. There's a, they're in a storm. There's no way they can survive this. They're all freaking out. Paul's not. And the reason he's not is because God told him directly that, yes, the ship is going down. 
but everybody's going to be okay. And so from their perspective, the reason I bring that up is because everybody else would think if he's relaxed, he's okay. Like he looks nuts to them. Hmm. They're thinking he's crazy. Like you don't know, you don't understand. You don't know. He does. He knows more. That's just it. <laughs> like, hmm. and so I would tell my fellow b- believers, this is what I'm trying to do in the book. Just like, you know what? We have access to this piece and people should be so weirded out by us in terms of, in a good way, in terms of like, why are you so hopeful? We're supposed to have a reason for the hope that we have. We're supposed to expect to be asked about that. But instead, I'm afraid a lot of us are so worked up and we're so anxious and we don't need to be. There's a, there's a way of life where we don't have to be that kind of person anymore. And that's, that's what the book is about. And it winds up being a very lighthearted and fun sort of life. So that's what I'm trying to say. His name is Brant Hansen, and it's his latest book called Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance. And Brant, as you were talking about that, it's really interesting. As followers of Christ, we say we believe the Word of God, that it is true, but we live completely differently. And and you're right, as as Christians talk about that, yeah, I know the Bible says this, but there's historic... Inflation. There's wars in Israel and Ukraine. There's nonstop death. And then we're in an election cycle. How are we supposed to have Uh peace in the middle of this? But if we do have peace, we truly do stand out. And as we do that, we'll draw people to ourselves. That's what Scripture says. That's right. So, again, it's becoming a different sort of people. So you can't just go, okay, I'm going to snap my fingers. I'll never be worried again. Bam. Uh That's not how it works. (laughs) But you can become a different sort of person who's not anxious. Okay. Who's able to focus on just today? So that's that's what I, I'm getting at in the book. Several like ways that we can do that. And I'll tell you this too: when people are like, "What about this? What about this other thing?" Don't you? Understand? Yeah, I do. I, I read stuff, um, but uh, God's not worried. Hmm. So, like, I, I have to put my faith in Him. This is where the trust actually matters. If everything was going great, if it all was, if it was heaven on earth right now. I suppose you wouldn't need much trust, but Jesus is literally telling us, it's God in the flesh, breaking through to give us a message. And one of the messages is, hey, you know what? I know how this all works and how it all ends. You don't need to be worried. You really don't. I got you. Like, he's telling us this. Like, he knows the big picture. We don't. And we don't need to be worried. So one thing, if you don't mind, like one, one, one way, one discipline that you can practice to, to deal with your anxiety. There's, there's a few, but one is just capturing your thoughts and reminding yourself of what's true. Because like the culture will tell you, you know, the thing to do with your anxiety is you need to meditate. You need to clear your mind. Well, it turns out that's not possible. And I, I even read an article in the New York times recently, where they talked about how that sort of meditation where you just clear your mind, you're trying to actually makes people more anxious. Mm. It doesn't work. What the Bible says to do the biblical wisdom is, don't, it's not clear your mind. It's consider the truth. Jesus is saying, consider, think about the lilies of the field. Think about these things. Paul says, whatever is true and noble, uh, whatever is right and pure and lovely and admirable, think about these things. So you actually, it's not clearing your mind. It's thinking about true things that you can get back to, like the fact that you can trust the character of God. You can, even in the midst of all sorts of, of tribulation and trouble. You really can. So it's arresting those thoughts like, like Jeremiah does in Lamentations. He knows his country is going down. 
Everything is going down. Everything that the people relied on is going down in flames. That's why it's Lamentations. And then he catches himself and says, yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Mm. Because of the Lord's great love for us, we're not consumed. His faithfulness endures forever. His mercies are new every morning. So he catches himself in that anxiety and says, yeah, but I call this. Well, we can do that too. Mm-hmm. It becomes a discipline. It's, it's, a, it's a way of living. So that's, that's just one thing that changes who we are so that we're not nervous all the time. His name is Brant Hansen. He's got a brand new book out because it's really hard to live at peace in a world that's absolutely gone mad. So he's written a book called Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance. And Brant, it's good to talk with you again here on 88.9 Moody Radio. Thank you. I'm honored to talk to you guys. This is such an important topic and something that a lot of people are covering, but they're doing it in unique ways. And you as well, because you talk about how we can move away from our worries by outsourcing them. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I know that sounds kind of gimmicky and crazy, but it's not. Um, I I was listening to a guy's book. He is in like a business expert guy or time management guy, whatever. But he was talking about how he outsources everything to his assistant in India, his personal assistant. So he talks to her and he's like, well, you know, I need you to schedule a dental appointment or whatever. But one day he's, he's not coming at this from a Christian perspective at all. But he said one day he was really worried about something. And so he's like telling his assistant, hey, uh, could you worry about this for me today? <laughs> and she said, <laughs> she said, okay, I will. And he said, the weird thing was it worked. Huh. Like just knowing, just knowing she was worrying about it for him somehow, he could take it off his plate. Huh. And I thought, well, that's goofy. And then I realized, wait a second, the biblical wisdom, it's Old Testament and new. You can find scripture that says, cast your cares, cast your anxieties on him mm. because he cares for you. Give them to him. It's not just re- it's not religious speak or just pie in the sky stuff. It's real. Mm. You can do that. You can say he's, He's not your personal assistant. He can actually do something about it. But it's that giving up of control. Like worry is really a form of control. We think somehow it helps. But to hand that over to him and go, that's not my department. Next week or this concern about this thing tomorrow or this concern about what could happen in 10 years, not my department. Handing it over to you, Lord, please take care of it. Thank you very much. And then you tell him what you're thankful for. And the scripture says, if you do that, the peace which exceeds our experience. (laughs) Like there's a peace that exceeds our understanding Mm. will guard your heart in Christ Jesus. That's how to have peace. You hand it over to him for real. It's not, again, it's not just talk. Mm. You say, I need you to handle this, not my department. And then you tell him about all the things you're thankful for. And then you watch as you become a different sort of person who's no longer anxious. Mm, this is it. beautiful, Brant. You're talking about our relationship with Christ, like what is written in the Bible is actually true. We can apply it to our lives. And maybe if we do, this anxiety that we're facing um, really could evaporate if we take God at his word, that as we cast our cares on him, uh, we can do that because he cares for us. That, that's truly Beautiful. And, you know, I, I want to move us in a little bit of a different direction because as people are not really believing uh, what the scripture says or what they've been learning in church forever, they're moving away from the Lord and they're deconstructing their faith. And it's a very popular movement. But you talk about this a little bit in, in this book. So how do you actually um, talk to people who are walking through that? 
Well, see, I've been through a whole lot of religious trauma and stuff with my upbringing and hypocrisy and stuff in my own home and whatnot. And I'm a guy who likes to think through things. I'm skeptical by nature. So the reason I write about it, I think a lot of people I meet are like, well, wait a second. You have this like kind of childlike approach to faith and trusting God. How is that possible? Mm. (laughs) And I... I want to explain a couple of things. Number one, I'm really interested when people deconstruct and they write about it. Like someone will write manifestos online. Sometimes it's Christian artists or formerly Christian. I don't know what they call them. Or sometimes it's preachers or authors. And like, well, I don't believe this anymore. And when they write the manifesto, I've noticed something. They don't talk about Jesus. Hmm. They don't talk about like when they're, why are they leaving their faith? They don't, they don't mention him and, or they don't mention the kingdom of God, which is Jesus favorite subject. I'm like, well, wait a second. Why were you in this? Because I'm in it for the him. I'm in it for this kingdom. I, this kingdom is beautiful. I don't want to. I don't want to say goodbye to that. And if you were in it for the Christian T-shirts or the movies or whatever, that's mm. that's not good enough for me. <laughs> like I, I need. I was in it for him, so I don't understand that. So that's one thing. The second thing about this is, if people don't understand how beautiful the kingdom of God is, I can understand like not being attracted to this, but it is so beautiful. So I spent some time in the book laying out what that is. Cause again, it's Jesus favorite topic and everybody's yearning for it at the deepest level, even if they don't know it and they recognize it when they see it and they get goosebumps. So they'll start crying when it pops up into, in, into real life in their lives. Like, so I spent some time like explaining how that works. I can't wait to read that. Yeah, <laughs> I want to absolutely. read more about the kingdom of God because it's like people are walking away from the faith, but they haven't fully entered the faith is what I hear you saying. No. Grant. Yeah. So if I don't know, do we have a minute for me to explain this real quick? Yeah, is go okay? for it. Okay. I'm, I'm, um, I just have this theory that when people see it, even if they don't, even if they're not believers, they react to it. And here's what I mean. Like I'm in these hospitals that cure around the world that heal kids you see kids going from not being able to dance or walk to being able to jump and play and dance for the first time in their lives. They might be 15 years old. The before and after pictures give you goosebumps. The video of this child who's completely rejected and now up and running and smiling. And like, there's something about that, right? Mm. And the same thing on YouTube. If you watch YouTube videos of somebody getting their hearing back or, or being able to hear for the first time or somebody being able to see for the first time, like it makes you weep. The reunion videos on YouTube, like a soldier surprises his daughter in a classroom. He shows up and she didn't know daddy was coming back. Yeah. And she's reduced. She's reduced to sobbing when he walks in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, and she just goes limp in his arms. Like, why does that resonate with us at a deep level? Why did like the Olympic opening ceremonies when all these nations are gathered together in peace and people are smiling, all these different colors of people, different languages, but they're together. And there's a processional and people get goosebumps. Mm. It's the kingdom of God. It's what it's like heaven breaking through. We're made for that place and we resonate with it because that's our real home. And when Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is now available, he keeps describing it. It's like this, it's like that it's goosebump stuff. And then he's like, I'll show you that the kingdom is breaking through. And what what does he do? He heals. Mm. So I know we're headed for a big party. This is the way the Bible describes it. You can get anxious if you want. But the Bible describes where we're headed. It's this big party where we're going to see people running and dancing and playing for the first time. People reunited with mm-hmm. with loved ones who have died before them, seeing them again. And we're all going to be partying and watching this one after the other. Mm-hmm. 
Like finally, no, we'll be at peace. There'll be, it's going to be fun. Like, so I'm not walking away from that. I was trying to just explain in the book, like, yeah, I've got, we all have questions and things, but this is too good. And I know we're all made for that because everybody resonates with this. Why? It's like we're nostalgic for this place we've never been yet, mm-hmm. but it's breaking through. And when it does, we're like, something, something just moving me. I belong here. I hope that makes sense. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. And it is beautiful. And it is all throughout scripture. And we just need deeper revelations of what it means for for God's kingdom to come to earth. And uh, he's said the kingdom of God is here. So thank you so much for that, Brent. 